So Alyssa, I know what we've got on the agenda today, but after looking at our notes, I realized something, there's, it might be a problem. What's that problem, Ken? Well, you see, I noticed that most of what we're talking about is actually about food. Aren't you worried we're going to give our listeners mass hunger? Yes. Look, I think there'll be some uh, salivating mouths in the audience today. <laughs> um, <laughs> perhaps, yes, perhaps get your get your cards ready to go out to the shops and buy some food after this podcast because we will be discussing some pies, hamburgers and a wide variety of other dishes. Yes, this is going to be an interesting buffet for you guys. I hope you've got dinner or in Spain's case, breakfast planned in advance because this is going to be a very filling episode. Perfect. What now? Welcome back to our podcast. Thank you so much again for tuning in. You obviously loved the sound of our amazing voices. (laughs) I am Ken. And I am Alyssa. And we're very glad that you like the sound of our voices because it's the only thing that keeps us going in life. Otherwise, we'd be back to being regular people. On this episode today, we have got a few delicious things planned. Indeed. Some might even call them succulent. Some might even call it downright addictive and you couldn't stop eating to the stuff that we're going to get you guys chewing on. Y'all ready for this? This will be like the canapes that never end. But before we start, I just wanted to touch on a few comments that were mentioned following our first introductory episode. And that was related to Ken interjecting me while I was trying to speak. So Ken, uh, just shut up this time (laughs) Um, while we're going through. (laughs) Um, I couldn't help it, Alyssa. I was just too busy, you know. For example. For example. (laughs) I can't help it. If you would only speak faster, then all of this could be avoided. (laughs) (laughs) So, happiness. Our parents would tell us that we should tick a number of boxes in order to achieve happiness in our lives. You know, get a secure job that gives us a steady stream of income. We'll get married at 25, have kids at 30, buy your own house, etc., etc. All of those things that apparently guarantee happiness. However, This does not guarantee happiness. Happiness is actually something that you find for yourself and it shouldn't be defined by anyone else. That's correct. I think it's quite interesting how a number of traditions across time have shaped our definition and understanding of happiness. I think for a lot of generations above us, the prevalent thought was that happiness is something that's derived from typically, and this is where we're brutally honest, money. And In many cases, you can understand why this was such a fundamental part of people's happiness because having a large sum of money allowed people to buy uh, a lot of things in life, a house, be able to sort out a lot of uh, the children's needs for the future. And it was during a time when, especially during the Great Depression, after that happened and baby boomers were told that they were never going to have a future, uh, that they'd have to work every day and night in order to scrounge a living, that they were able then, surprisingly, to establish uh, a secure, sustainable future for themselves. But the problem with that theory in this day and age is that building a secure, sustainable future is not something that really appeals to us in the sense that we're no longer really interested in what lies beyond, but rather what happens to us in the moment. And as a generation, 
whilst yes, there are problems. We're probably not going to get a house by the time that we die. It may not even matter to us. We may not be in a situation where we're married at 25. We may not be in a place where we want to have uh, children because they don't necessarily matter to us. We're not ticking society's boxes anymore. And that doesn't necessarily mean to say that our futures aren't sustainable or secure. It simply means that we're doing more for ourselves internally in order to make sure that we're happier throughout our journey. I love that, Ken. I love it. And, and on that note, to any of you guys listening right now, I just want to ask you a couple of questions. So how often do you feel satisfied with your life? Do you feel satisfied right now with your life? How often do you feel interested in your life? Do you get bored or are you always looking at the next thing? Like what's, what's the next thing that's going to make me happy? Do you wake up every morning feeling lucky to be alive? Do you have at least one person who you can go to at any point in your life? That one person that's always going to be there for you, that one person that, you can rely on that one person when you have amazing news or bad news, who's that one person that you call? Who's that one person that you need to need to tell your good news to or your bad news to? And to all the listeners, do you use your five senses? Do you use your eyes? Do you use your eyes to see the sights around you? Do you use your nose to smell the fresh air when you walk outside the flowers do you use your ears to hear the people that you love speaking to you, to listen to beautiful music, to listen to the birds and the trees floating in the wind? Now I'm feeling like a bit of a meditation podcast. <laughs> <laughs> a rebrand. But, but really, to, to all of you guys listening, you know, are, you, are you present in the moment or are you constantly fixed on the future? And I think that's what we want to go into a bit more detail about too. I don't know about you, Alyssa, but for me, at least in answering some of those questions, I'm very fortunate in life that I actually have some friends who I can go to and talk to about anything if I need to, which is huge because one thing I've noticed with some people is that there is a bit of a reluctance to share information because people feel, you know, obviously very frightened to talk freely with people about who they are, what they want to do and, also the problems that they may be dealing with. Uh, I think also with when you were talking about, do you have the five senses or rather do you practice the five senses? I think that it's one of those things where in life we're so busy moving so fast to try and get things done on a regular basis that we lose touch with what's around us. And like you were saying before, without turning this into a meditative podcast, uh, one of the best things that I ever got out of a training course that I did a while ago was about meditative practices in the workplace. It was talking about uh, breathing exercises and a variety of ways to feel more in the moment, especially when it came to food. And it's something that I always struggled with because often in a rush, I would often just scoff my meals without even giving it much thought. Whereas now I've actually learned to enjoy eating my meals slower which has also enabled me to be in a position where I'm able to appreciate every mouthful rather than going through the motions of feeling sick from indigestion, which yes. sucks, by the way. So yeah, it's 
being re looking over some of those questions, I can definitely answer those quite confidently and say yes to a lot of those. I have a lot of these things and I'm very glad to have those elements too. Because a former self of mine, which I'm sure is relatable to a lot of people, is that there's a lot of us out there who are in the motion of looking ahead, thinking, I need to work this position for as long as I can in order to get a better promotion, to secure more money. And I'm willing to put up with the pain of what I'm doing right now in order to feel fulfilled later in life. Yeah. And you've been there too, haven't you, Alyssa? Oh, absolutely. I used to be like that in, in the workplace. The, my corporate life, my job was a number one priority in my life at, at one point. And absolutely, you know, you're very, very focused on trying to create that future. Well, what you think at the time is, is the benefit for your future, but you're not necessarily enjoying the moment or it, it can be very detrimental in the moment to what, to what you're doing. And, and actually that does sort of lead me into talking about hamburgers. Good old hamburgers. Are you ready for the main course? Never. I'm stuffed. What do you, what are you going to, what's, what's next? What's on the menu tonight? Well, there's some burgers on the menu tonight for, for dinner. So Ooh, I do like my burgers. <laughs> so have you ever heard of uh, Tal Ben Shahar? I have not heard of 10. Wait, no, I got that totally wrong. <laughs> what was his name again? <laughs> Tal Ben Shahar. Tell me all about him. So Talbin Shahar was a, he was an American teacher and writer, you know, focused in positive psychology and leadership. But before he started branching into all of this, he was actually a squash player and he, and he trained really hard in some squash events and he had a tournament one time and he basically told himself that in the lead up to the tournament, he would only be eating veggies, fish, uh, you know, all of the healthy foods, no all the shitty food. food. <laughs> uh, all the healthy food the, the no fun food the no fun food in the lead up to his tournament so he'd obviously be you know be at his peak energy levels so Sorry. he's gone through the motions of eating all this really healthy food and now he's at the stage of performing for his tournament correct correct so he's basically performed his tournament but before he did his tournament. He said that his reward for finishing the tournament and eating super healthy in the lead up would be to indulge in two days of junk food. His favorite junk food was hamburgers. So he walked into his favorite burger joint after his tournament had ended and he ordered four different hamburgers. And as he actually lifted the ham his first hamburger up to his mouth, he stopped and he realized that he didn't want it anymore. What was causing him to stop? He's already had like he's already had so many burgers. I mean, what's what's stopping him now? Did he realize that he, that he'd he'd gone and done a rebound, and now he was just like, ah, uh, screw the world? No, no, no. He hadn't touched any. He hadn't touched any. So this oh, okay. was, so this was before. So he he as he was at the hamburger place, he went to take a bite of his first hamburger, but he he couldn't do it because his body actually felt cleansed and he was sort of surging with all of this energy after his four month shred <laughs> in the lead up to his tournament. Who's um, this alien and where could I find him? 
Maybe, maybe the tournament wasn't really a, shred, uh, a rugby a squash tournament. Maybe it was, he was just shredding for stereosonic. So, <laughs> so <clears throat> this leads me into how he came up with the four types of distinct attitudes and behaviors related to these four types of hamburgers. Uh-huh. And what were the four types? Was there any that included truffle oil and also <laughs> big fat Wagyu patties? Indeed, indeed. The truffle oil uh, and the big fat beefy patties come under the tasty junk food hamburger. That's so, not junk, that's awesome. <laughs> so the tasty junk food hamburger is a burger that has a present benefit where you're enjoying the burger, you're enjoying the moment. However, it actually has a future detriment in that later on you will subsequently not feel very well. Okay. So it's one of those ones where it's really just designed to make you feel good in the moment. Yeah. So essentially you're focusing on enjoying the present while actually ignoring the consequences that could arise in the future. Okay, cool, cool. And what's the next one? The next one is the tasteless vegetarian burger. I so, haven't had one. <laughs> we'll never we'll never eat that in my life. Skip next. Skip next. So this <laughs> thank is, you, next. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, next. So this is the tasteless tasteless vegetarian burger is holds a future benefit, but in the in the moment it actually holds a negative effect because you are suffering now with the anticipation of gaining something later on. So, so is it kind of like you do something quote unquote, you know, healthy or maybe not as pleasant for you in the hopes of getting a reward later on? Absolutely. Absolutely. The tasteless vegetarian burger, he actually called this the rat racer. The rat racer. The rat racer, because people sometimes they suffer now for a gain that they think they might get later on. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So that's number two. So with number three, I can already get it. I can already pick a bit of a theme coming up with this. So how do, so what's number three? So number three is called the nihilism burger. Oh, Jesus Christ. This, this is the, <laughs> this is the tasteless, but also unhealthful hamburger where you are holding a present detriment because whatever you're, whatever you're doing, you know, this hamburger tastes, it's, it's unhealthy. It's, it's not good for you. So in the present moment, it doesn't taste good. You're not enjoying it. But in the future, it's also causing a detriment to your future because it's not good for you. What kind of burger would that be in real life though? Like, I mean, if you were to, I mean, what business would have the mindset of creating a really terrible bread situation that's been, okay, stale bread. Stale bread mixed with salmonella mayonnaise on top of overcooked chicken that's dry as shoe leather and is <laughs> sitting on a fond of rocket lettuce. That is probably my best way of describing what you've just articulated through the nihilism burger and it sounds awful. That's pretty much, I think that's pretty much on point right there, Ken. Uh, How I marvellous. I would say thank you next to that burger very much. Um, however, okay. where he came up with the idea of this, this type of burger was, you know, related to the people in life that 
they've lost their current lust for life and they're not enjoying the, the moment nor do they have a sense of future, future purpose. Okay, right. Well, that makes sense. So it's really f- almost for cynics. Exactly. Okay, well, we don't do cynical here. We don't do cynical here. <laughs> Let's not get cynical. So. <laughs> <laughs> number Next. four. Number four. Could you imagine that there was a hamburger as tasty as the one that he first turned down, the very, very delicious but unhealthy one. But could you imagine that this burger was as healthy as the vegetarian burger? No, no such thing exists. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it, it does, it does. There's uh, the chicken licking from Grilled in Straya. I really miss that one. Is that literally just a, like, is that like finding the golden goose is that like (laughs) is that just a myth does this thing even exist i think it's pretty healthy for you i mean they say i mean it's it's grilled tagline healthy burgers so it oh if it says if it says it's healthy it has to be it has to be exactly so this burger actually constitutes a complete experience both in the present and in the future and it's a positive benefit because you're enjoying the present it's a, it's, you know, it's a healthy, healthy burger that you're enjoying, but it also has, holds a future benefit because it's actually healthy and it's actually good for you. So this is the happiness burger. This is my favorite burger. Okay. Tell me why this is your favorite burger. Because at the end of the day, looking at all of these types of hamburgers, theoretically, you know, these types of characteristics, we all reside in in the four burgers at one point in our life. We all reside in all four of them. However, the happiness burger is my favorite because I've learned to really enjoy the now, really enjoy the moment, really not, not focus too much on the future, but then at the same time, whatever you're putting into your body, whatever you're listening to, whoever you're surrounding yourself with, genuinely believe in the moment that these things will provide you a future benefit, then that's called the happiness burger. That's, that's, real, that's real happiness. So basically it's a way of finding yourself in a situation where you've got something that's sustainable, that's something that's benefiting you, and also in a situation where you're not hurting your future mm-hmm as well. Am I getting it right? Absolutely. That's exactly right. And you know, it's just looking at how to increase the amount of time spent eating the happiness burger. So I suppose it's like you were saying, it's a menu where basically if you were to look at it, you go unhealthy, but delicious burger, your healthy, but disgusting burger, your nobody is going to touch this fucking burger with a, (laughs) like a 10 foot pole burger. And then you have the ideal burger. So it's literally like never getting a menu. Absolutely. Well, I suppose life is a bit like a menu in, some, in the sense that it's not always easy to get around. But I suppose now that you've explained it so well, then the question is, why aren't people doing this more often? I think that's, you know, that comes down to committing to doing something more for yourself every single day. So really looking at how really sort of creating a list of activities that both provide you with not only a present benefit, not only something that you enjoy, but does this thing that you enjoy doing or you are receiving a benefit in the moment, is it also providing you a future benefit? So for example, one thing that I love is reading. One of my ingredients as part of my happiness burger, because 
reading I really enjoy in the moment, but I know that it actually holds a future benefit for myself because I'm learning something and I can come back and look at how it's helped me in a particular situation. And it's funny you should mention reading because recently I've been doing a bit of reading through this great nonfiction book that covers a few of the areas that we were talking about with the hamburgers and how they relate to happiness. I think I was telling you, I was reading this book, Sapiens, by Yuval Noah Harari. FYI to our listeners, buy this book. It's going to change your lives. It's so (laughs) damn good. Anyways. I'm keen to read it. I'm very keen to read it. It's really good. I mean, early in the way through, Yuval basically goes through, is unpacking the concepts, the constructs of what it means to be human and how we've shaped our history and where we're going in the future. Now, that aside, one thing he touches on is what even is the concept of happiness? Because biologically speaking, there's no such thing as happiness in animals. That's just a concept that we made up to understand the emotions that we feel when we've given pleasure. And that's what he summarized. Happiness is not an actual thing. It's the pursuit of pleasure that is really the driver of happiness. And in doing so, the next question becomes, how do you even measure that? How does one go on a score of zero to happy? I'm on the upward scale or I'm in Schittsburg. So is that the fifth burger? (laughs) 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 That's the mysterious fifth burger, which we do not ever talk about. Anyways, uh, uh, that aside, (laughs) the pursuit of pleasure is an interesting concept because it leads onto this idea of then, Okay, how do we take score of how we feel? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think one of the one of the biggest things that our listeners can do is if you've got a piece of paper and a pen, get out a piece of paper and a pen. I want you to create a list of activities that provide you both present and future benefits. So this could be reading we look at reading as a quality activity because we're enjoying it in the moment we're enjoying what we're learning but we're also we also have that future benefit of learning something down the track and and sort of coming back to it and relating it to things it could be even when you have new experiences and you're enjoying that experience but you realize that you you're thinking about how it affected you in the in the current moment so down the track you can look back at that experience and be like, yeah, wow. Like when I think about that experience, that makes me really, really happy. So just write down a list of things that give you both present and future benefits that make you genuinely happy. And when you commit to doing, I want you to commit to doing them more than you did before. So even if it's scheduling in 45 minutes a day for reading, even if it's scheduling two extra hours a week to see your best friends, to see your closest friends. So small changes to your daily life can make a huge change as a whole and really, really impact your overall happiness. Agreed. And I think going back to the idea of keeping score of your happiness, there is something else that I'd like you to do too. Once you finished listing out your present and future goals and things that you want to pursue, I'd like you now to come with me on a journey where I tell you why happiness can be related to a pie. So 
if you now I'm even more hungrier. <laughs> yeah, I've reached the point where I don't think burgers are going to cut it. I'm going to need to. <laughs> what I want you guys to do is draw me a circle as best you can. Then I want you to think about the things that matter to you most in terms of what gives you fulfillment. So, for instance, with me, I have a few things that I have there's friends, family, body, sleep, eating, me time and now podcasting, work, and money. Looking at each of those, I want you then to make them the spokes of your pie. These are the ingredients that make you feel fulfilled, but each of them do not come equally. Rank them out of 10 and be honest with yourself because in doing this, you'll quickly establish the missing link in what's making you feel unfulfilled with how you're feeling in the moment. This pie analogy was actually given to me by my PT, Simon Duffel. He shared this idea with me and it was genius because I think it's all very easy to neglect a lot of elements of your life that make you feel fulfilled. And this was a really important one for me because it enabled me to quickly look up and go, okay, what matters to me the most in who I am right now? If it's not relevant, right, cut that out of the pie. But for those that are relevant and sustain me for who I am, then I need to work on those areas. So if you're ranking roughly eight out of tens in a lot of these elements, then you're pretty okay. However, if you've got like a five out of 10 or lower, you should address that and work to build it up. This is particularly important for those who probably have fewer elements that really matter to them. Things like where <laughs> you say, for example, the three areas that matter most to you are work, money and sleep and only sleep is an eight out of 10. Well, then you're practically dead. So <laughs> there's no point in being that kind of person where only one element is supporting you because if all the other elements fail in the pie, then that only means a third of the pie is providing you any sustenance at all. So that's not a particularly healthy pie at all in your life. In a nutshell, it's about better understanding how you're feeling in the moment and working to improve the quality of your pie. Just adding to that too, Ken, I think you need to make yourself a number one priority to be able to do everything else. If you're not looking at your, how, how you're sleeping, what you're eating, the people that you surround yourself with, the advice that you're taking, the job that you're working in, your moral values, how you're spending your money, how you're spending your time, if you're not looking at how these things are affecting you as a person and in the moment, you're not going to be able to complete your to-do list. And Agreed. Yeah. I was just going to add to that too by saying, I think once you've also got that nailed, it also means that you have more of a, you have more of a vibe with other people that you're with. I strongly believe that human beings have a lot of energy to give off. And I don't mean like we're all fucking batteries. I mean, you might as well label us as Duracell batteries because I feel like a double A sometimes and I need recharging now and then. <laughs> but we're in a situation where if we're feeling good, it's infectious. People radiate off that. If you're in a situation where you're feeling down and you need recharging, then stay the hell away from people because you're only going to be glum. I think you had a, didn't you have an analogy to add to this too? We're all in a position where we have the capacity to influence others based on how we feel. Yeah, I found this really cool analogy. Thousands of candles can be lighted from a single candle 
and the life of the single candle will not be shortened. Happiness never decreases by being shared. That means that like a candle, we can light up other people's lives. We can share, we can spread our happiness so, so quickly and so effortlessly. And the life of, of our candle it will still be lit. It's lit fam. It's so lit fam. It's lit for life. <laughs> it's lit for life. It's our, our happiness will not decrease when we share our, our flame. I think that is such a cool analogy because it just goes to show that being kind is not going to dampen your happiness. It's not going to dampen your mood. It's actually going to increase your happiness. It's actually going to in- increase your endorphins and how you're feeling. 100%. And, you know, Ken, I just wanted to ask you a question. Ask away. <laughs> so I just wanted to ask, you've got family, friends, dating life, work, podcasting, all of these things that you need to balance. How do you find the time to manage each of these and still enjoying the present moment? Um, please hold. <laughs> please hold the phone. Let me, let me think about that for a second. I, think... <laughs> I will get back with you shortly. You know, a lot of the things that I do, I enjoy, whether it be fitness whether it be work, whether it be us podcasting, hanging out with my friends, I really do get a lot of satisfaction out of these areas of my life, which is really good. I don't find that I'm particularly frustrated with any of these. I mean, it's probably the same for you because, I mean, we're both busy people. We balance a lot of balls in the air. And I don't know about you, like I don't find this particularly tiresome in the sense that you just wake up dreading that you have to get up and do this. I, I think that's key. I think actually that's the golden, one of the golden rules is that even though you could be doing so much at the one time, like I, I currently manage and juggle quite a few different things right now too. And I, but I enjoy everything. That's, I think that's the key. I, I actually enjoy everything that I do. And so nothing, so when I wake up, you know, like I'm actually excited for the day. I'm not dreading any of the work that I do. I'm not dreading any of the people that I see. And I think that is really crucial in, you know, playing a part into your happiness and how you go about your day and how you start the day. It's, do you actually enjoy all of the things that are consuming your life? Yeah, I agree with you. Though to add to that, I also believe that, and this is one of my favorite words, and you mentioned it at the start of this question, which is balance. I feel that the best way to make sure that you're able to enjoy this is also with time management because everything needs to be assigned a place so that way you don't feel overwhelmed at once by everything that's going on. I take time for myself to tune out so that way I can re-engage and enjoy my moments with my friends, podcasting work more than I did before. And that doesn't mean to say that I'm checking out of life for a second. It just means that if there's a weekend where I don't have much planned, great. That's over to me to just chill out for yeah. a bit. So that way, when I go back into my week, everything flows as it should. And I'm not feeling like a rotisserie chook, just going through the motions again and again and again, and not giving everyone or anyone or being in a place where I can work at my hundred percent. Absolutely. And I think actually for, for those of you listening, if any of you, if any of you guys hold a diary or a calendar, whether it's, you know, a uh, one on your laptop or a physical um, diary that you schedule all, all of your activities into actually schedule your you time. Mm. 
that is something that I've really started doing. And when I, when I find that I schedule in my me time, I don't let anything interrupt that. If my phone starts ringing, I'm not going to answer it. If I get a message, I'm not going to answer it because that's my time. I've scheduled that into my diary. So it's really being strict with the time that you allocate to really get the most out of your day. 100%. It's, it's basically not being a yes man. You don't want to be in a situation where you say yes to everything because yeah. sure, there are many certain, there are many situations like what you're going through right now. You're overseas enjoying a country that's foreign to you. Sure. Say yes to as many opportunities as possible, but make sure you pick the right ones and not just say yes to everything because you'll eventually drain out and won't have enough, you know, you won't have enough satisfaction to do the things you really want to do. So in summary, and I it, think- also, it also, um, I mean, that's what happened when I first moved here. I was saying yes to, obviously I was socializing a lot. So I was saying yes to that drink and that piece of tapas. And all of a sudden <laughs> I started gaining a bit of weight and I was like, hang on a sec. <laughs> yes, man. Hold on a minute. It's, it's not always a good thing. <laughs> No, it's not. It's never a good thing in that sort of regard as well. So yeah, balance. Uh, balance, as my friends and I would say. No, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely all about balance. It's about time management, and it's about making sure that you allocate your time sparingly, so that way you don't become overrun by what you're what you want to get out of your time and out of life. I think that answers your question. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that really just comes down to finding joy in what we already have and staying in the present moment. Actually, I've got a question for you, Alyssa. If you were a parent, someone who had a to parent. Teach... Yes, we're getting you ready for this stage of your life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hypothetically, <laughs> you are a parent. <laughs> You've got a bouncing baby boy or girl and you want to teach them happiness. How would you go about teaching them happiness? That's a really interesting question. Um, Well, do you want an age for this kid? uh, I mean, what, like in teenage, teenager years is probably where we're crafted the most, I think. Do you agree? That's right. Yeah, I completely agree. So let's just say 15. Okay, 15. I mean, prior to leaving them at home for 15 years while I'm traveling the world um, with, the, <laughs> <laughs> with the dad that's left at home. Such so, a good um, mum. <laughs> such a good mum. You stay there and uh, see you soon. So, <laughs> 15 um, years later. 15 years later. So I think one of the most important things is just being a role model. I know that even even currently now, I mean, obviously I'm not a parent, I'm not a mother, but I really take notice in how I present myself to really be a role model for the younger girls that look up to me. I think that's so, so important because how they see you and how you act, they're, you know, a lot of them will do similar things if they look up to you. So I think being a role model, but also within that, I think presents positive self-talk and being optimistic about things and teaching them how to find joy in, in everyday things as well. There's this really cool quote that I really love. And I think parents should teach a lot of their children this. There are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. 
And the other is as though everything is a miracle. I really like that. It's really cute. I agree with that. I think it's very good. I think going to what you were saying before about finding interests, it's important because in a stage where a kid is in high school, for instance, they may not even like school. They may not necessarily have a good group of friends, but they are developing interests in a few things such as sport, an idea of cultures through the languages they might be learning. They might be passionate about certain literature and even then these are paths that then can be developed and nurtured later on. It's one of those things where, for example, if you find yourself passionate about a culture like Latin American culture, you then might decide to go traveling overseas and then pursue elements of language. You might find employment over there. Who knows? You might even settle there. But the point is, is that these little things come from a very young age and it's there that you get to develop and find out what you want to do, whether it be a university or better yet, you go overseas and pursue it. Absolutely. And I think it's just also asking your child, you know, what do you enjoy? Like what makes you happy? And, you know, after they tell you what, what they love and what they love doing, it's, you know, telling them to prioritize what they enjoy and and prioritize their relationships with their friends and also helping them to develop gratitude at a, at a very early age Mm. Um, and accepting emotions. I think that is such a massive thing obviously it's normal for children to get angry at their parents, especially, you know, in the teenage moody, bossy years and the parent, I mean, sometimes the parent could think, Oh, you know, like you are just being a shitty teenager, like shut up, like get over it, whatever it is. But maybe the parent could think in a way like, okay, my, my child is angry. He is struggling right now and he needs me to try to understand him. I like how you say the parent, making sure it's not you as a parent. No. <laughs> You're very adamant not to be a parent, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> not right now. I'm, I'm pretty not good today. Without, without kids right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Could you imagine just... trying to juggle that? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, it's, it's, it's hard just juggling one life right now. <laughs> <laughs> that would be negligent um, parenting right there. Too many, too many things to do. No, um, but I think just accepting like educating them that it's okay to accept all emotions too. You know, like if your child is upset, just, just tell them it's okay to be upset. Like, well, that's okay. You're, you're, you know, cry it out, you know, be upset, be sad, but don't tell them to get over it. Don't tell them to suck it up. Don't tell them to grow up because I think that's where a, a lot of, um, you know, especially growing up in teenage years, that's where a lot of people, um, I guess, especially in males, they believe that emotions are a negative thing and, and to not show their emotions because they're supposed to be strong and they're supposed to be, you know, masculine or whatever it is. So I think just really, really implementing, you know, that accepting all of your emotions is really important too. I should warn you that I'm also built as a robot. So from <laughs> now on, I'll just switch the emotion dial off. So that way everything will be monotone and really engaging for our listeners. I hope that they enjoy this. Switching my emotions back on just for one minute. I was going to add to that by saying, <laughs> yes, you're absolutely, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Emotional yeah. learning is really important because you have to appreciate those moments of joy, sadness to get a better understanding of how they play a role in your life. In fact, it's funny. I think that if we were to extend that question, then say you were talking to a peer who's 25, they're not a child. So someone who's 25, 
what would you teach them in regards to happiness if you thought that they needed assistance in figuring out what to do with their lives? I would tell them to write down a list of things that they enjoy and a list of things that they love doing because you really need to figure out what you're passionate about. You really need to figure out why, what your purpose is and why you've been put here on this, on this earth. Because I, I genuinely believe even if you think that you're in a job that maybe, maybe you're in a job and you earn, you earn really, really good money. Mm. You are never going to be successful at that job if you're not passionate about it. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So that is a wrap for this discussion on happiness. What would you say are the key points that our listeners should be taking away with them? It's just taking the time for yourself each day. It's scoring your happiness and really asking yourself some important questions about your life. So what makes you happy? What do you really enjoy doing? And who do you spend time with that actually sparks your best energy? And just being present in the moment and enjoying what you have right now, rather than feeling like your life is rushed and you're continuously focusing on what's next. So be your number one priority and everything else will fall into place. So what now? Uh, Yes, good question. Well, we're going to be continuing this month's discussion on happiness with our next episode, looking at travel. Why becoming a local in a new country is really good for your self-growth and development and also understanding how important it is to keep traveling and seeing new parts of the world. Something that both you and I have got a lot to talk about, but also our guest speaker will be talking about in length as well. But you will be able to find us on which platforms as usual? You'll be able to find us on Spotify, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and you'll also be able to catch us online on Facebook and Instagram. If anyone wants to drop us a couple thou, we can put ourselves on Spotify. <laughs> As for the times, we will be uploading at 10 a.m. Central European time every Wednesday, as well as 6 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. You can like and subscribe and give us some love because we know you love our voices. And we'll also be very keen to hear from any of you guys if you want to have a response to us. Like we said last time, if you like us, great. If you want to have a debate with us, marvellous. If you don't like us, well, that's just great. We won't talk to you then. (laughs) So yeah, if you want to share your thoughts and opinions by being on our podcast, feel free to drop us an email at whatnowpod at gmail.com. And we look forward to seeing you guys next Wednesday. Awesome. So we'll see you guys next Wednesday. But before we go... I feel like after all of that food talk, I'm going to now open my own restaurant on the moon. Why? Because the food would be out of this world. (laughs) Jesus Christ. If this is the quality of the jokes that we're going to be sharing together on this podcast, I'm going to be out of your world. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week, guys. See you next Wednesday if I'm still here. (laughs) 